0: From Uberwald to Forex. This is a project podcast forty one. Beware of snoring werewolves. Hello, and welcome to another project podcast with me. Your host Graham. So we have a little bit of stuff this time around. It's not all that big a podcast for this month. It's a little bit late, but work, hmm. work is pressuring. So I'll get these out as when I can. I try to be monthly, but um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so when I've only got like a break of four hours between getting up and going to work again, and it's a little bit hard. So I think we shall start with the news Times Times Get your more pop. Times Times Get your Hank pop. Times So one major bit of news it is a new Terry Patrick book announced and to be released this is called The Witch's Vacuum Cleaner now <clears throat> It is the bump that was released, well, yesterday, that happens, I think. Yesterday's the third, yesterday, yesterday was the second. So, here was the Bumpf. Penguin Random House, Children's, our Children's, announced the second collection of Terry Pratchett's short stories. Short. Yes, Dave, go and laugh your head off. <clears throat> anyway, short stories for children. That sounded a bit Welsh. Odd. Anyway. Penguin Random House Children's De- is delighted to announce a new collection of short stories by master storyteller Terry Pratchett, due to be published this August. Which is Vacuum Cleaner is the second collection of Pratchett's short stories following on from the hugely successful first volume, Drag- Dragons at Crumbling Castle. Oh, yes, it's new tongue day, I think. <clears throat> this one needs to be worked in a bit. So getting back to things. Uh, which became a number one bestseller, beautifully illustrated, brought to life by Mark Beach. These stories feature food fights and pirates, wizards and crooks, and are sure to delight Pratchett fans worldwide. Written when he was just 17, The Witch's Vacuum Cleaner brings together 14 of Pratchett's earliest stories. Each of the stories shows the seeds of ideas which Terry went to develop in later writing making this a fantastic fascinating collection for his fans. I would say a fantastic collection, but hey wait and see when it comes out, eh? So that's sort the of basic things. Um oh Robert Wilkins So yes I know it's Wilkins but you know <laughs> if you don't think Willikins isn't based on Wilkins then think again. <clears throat> Terry was thrilled by the warm response to dragons. And it meant a lot, uh, lot to him. That children were reading and loving these stories. The Witch's vacuum cleaner is just as silly and brilliant. We can't wait to share this collection. With readers young and old. Now a separate collection. A collector's edition. Will also be published in uh, August as well. featuring bonus stories. And a critical commentary to accompany each story. So looks pretty good. Um <clears throat> As to other news, uh, go to the Discworld monthly site for the rest of the news because it's a lot of um, plays, to be honest, there's one after another by the looks of it and uh, it's actually quite hard to keep up with them. I'll spend more than half the podcast actually just talking about them. So go to the Discworld monthly Facebook group or if you actually got the um, you'll get the Discworld monthly uh, newsletter then you should know all about it. now what time's it? Oh, could it be, um... Welcome to the watch. Sergeant Detritus over there will swear you in. Detritus! Yes, Mr Vines. So, nice short list this time round. <sighs> but still a few tongue-breakers for me. Anyway, Connor Murray. Here we go. Philip Zudinsky Hopefully, Toby Lai, Elizabeth Fugle, Debbie Melrose, Jonathan Orms, Jen Lovquist, think. Chapman Anita, so that'll be Anita Chapman. That's a friend from Colin, and that's your lot. So, if you would like, have your name read out here then all you have to do, if you're a member of the Facebook, uh, Flatsenbuch, and then if you type into the search field, the one that's got the magnifying glass thingy there, you know, sort of loop and handle thing. Yeah, okay, good. So if you type in there, Pratchett Podcast, you shall find the group. Just say, you want to join, and I will add you. And if you hear noises in the background... That's just my little werewolf Wednesday, trying not to sleep. So, um, <clears throat> shall we carry on? Ah, yes, of course. Colin's clucks. Clax! There we go. Clax! So, from Colin, as I mentioned, it's Colin Hicks. Diggers! The difficult middle book of a trilogy. I had just a brief think on some of the various trilogies. Mainly films. I have watched or read. And it's often the second part that is my least favourite. This holds true for Star Wars. The original series. Although many fans disagree. Yes many fans say that the second film is the best one. Um, Back to the Future. Yes I can agree with that. The second film is not the best one. It's the third one. All the big open planes and yes, <clears throat> no, no, not a cowboy uh, <clears throat> don't ever want to be one it's like watching it so, uh, <clears throat> getting back to it, Lord of the Rings books yes, I hated the second Lord of the Rings film uh, let's just say I was being told I may have to go to the second Gulf War at the time it turned out I didn't have to <laughs> because I put in my resignation well before they decided to go and do it so, ha <laughs> Sod you owe me? <coughs> Excuse me. So, but uh, getting back to what Colin says, although not the movies where I think The Two Towers is better than The Three. No Colin, it's it did my head in. But getting back to Diggers, I'm trying to remember when I first read it and if I knew that, that it was a third and last book, it would have been around about 1991 in New Zealand and I, at that time, I was getting my crutched fill by borrowing the books off uh, school friends or from the library. Pause is in effect of memory. um, ah, There, there we are. (laughs) I really need to update my memory bunks here. Anyway, I think Wings was about to be published when I first read Diggers. Arguably Truckers is a self-contained book. It has a beginning, a middle and a reasonably satisfactory ending. There is a footnote to that. Had it not sold well so well or may had not been success in Cherry's eyes, he could have left it as a standalone novel, but I suspect three books was a plan all along. Some of it, you know, now um may think I am waffling. And I am no, because I am trying to think of something decent to say about this book. It's least my it is it is my least favorite of the series. It's not that I dislike it; it's the fact that I find it a bit unsatisfactory. Mm, I'll come to my only point there as well later on in my review. I usually write these letters uh, write these reviews straight after finishing a re-read, but I met here. It's been quite a few years since I have read this book. The first part of the story is quite similar in the way to Truckers, then we annoyingly lose quite a few of the main characters. They do not return for the rest of the book. Then we have the main adventure, I'm trying to be spoiler free here, which in itself doesn't really have a satisfactory ending because something happens and then the book ends as a sort of a cliffhanger. Yes. Look, Colin, you remember cliffhangers. Doctor Who? Not Not the new ones, the old ones. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Cliffhangers. Good. Glad we got that sorted out. Um in some way this book is too reliant on the events that take place during wings to be really rewarding read. It probably could do with the same intercutting with wings, similar to what Peter Jackson had done with the Lord of the Rings movies to make the more linear narrative. Now there's an idea. Cheers, Colin. Ooh. Now Colin's footnote was and this was on the part of he looks he looks he looks and is blind. Arguably Truckers has a self contained book, beginning, middle, and reasonable satisfactory end. The footnote to that is the same argument could be made for the first Harry Potter book had it not become the publishing phenomenon and knocked uh, knocked our favourite author off his top spot in the UK for uh, the best selling fantasy author. So that's, you know, that's some not bad arguments there. So another one from Colleen. Ha ha ha. Colin, so I have just finished The Long Utopia. Yeah, took me a while, dude. The fourth in the long series book. Admittedly, my read has been somewhat delayed because in the middle of last year, I was concentrating on contemplating my reread of This World in anticipation of the release of The Shepherd's Crown. And then, to be honest, I forgot about this one. Oh, dear, Colin. Oh, dear, oh, dear. What are we going to do with you, hmm, hmm? Due to still having a backlog of unread books, I did not go back and reread the first three. Something which I have done for each release of the previous books in this series, something that gets harder as the series gets larger. So it was a case of me trying to remember what was going on in the Long Earth universe at the start of the book. I know quite a few Terry fans do not like this series, but it has grown on me. Each book is different from the last. Often, because there is a time jump from the end of one to start of the next, even if the previous nozzle, novel, nozzle. <laughs> novel, thank you, Dave, yeah, I can hear you laughing there. <coughs> seems to be, seems to end on a bit of a cliffhanger. This one is no exception. We join the Long Earth, some ten or years so on from the events of the Long Mars. I did think that the narrative seemed to jump around a bit, even more so than in the previous volumes. Yeah, the first one jumped an awful lot. Um, uh, I don't know if this is due to Baxter having more of an influence on the finished product. I make the assumption, as a lot of this was written in 2014 when Terry's Emboggerance was overtaking him. And I have only read one Baxter book. I'm sure, Congress, uh, I'm not sure which one you've read. I mean, the only Baxter book that I've read, Colin, apart from this one, was a uh, novel around, uh, surrounding, and about the Second Doctor. Hmm. Anyway, but cannot remember how that was structured. All in all, it is, it is very much. But if you don't like it, uh, oh, all in all, I enjoyed it very much. Sorry, <laughs> going blind now. If you don't like the first three, you probably won't like this one. At the time of writing, I believe there will be five in the series. The last, The Long Cosmos, will be released in June. Hmm. After the events in Book 4, that name is intriguing. Colin. Oh, yeah. Uh, i would admit, at this point, The Long Mars is still the best book of the uh, series. Um, Book 4 may upset a few people. So it's worth looking at and uh and reading but uh you go and make your own mind up. If you enjoy the books then carry on. Uh if the don't enjoy it then I'm sorry. It's it's just a shame. Anyway, I shall be carrying on after this little bit. Uh that's it, it's just there's nothing else for this month? New So it's straight on to the review easy and stuff. But no bit. Arnold Brothers established 1905, created a store. At least that was the belief of thousands of gnomes who for many generations had lived under the floorboards of Arnold Brothers, established 1905 in an old and respected department store. The store had become their world, a world with a roof and walls. Wind and rain were ancient legends. So were day and night. Now, there were sprinkler systems and air conditioners, and their small crowded lives ticked to the clock of the opening time and closing time. The seasons of the year were January sales, spring into spring fashions, summer bargains and Christmas fair. Led by their abbots and the priesthood of the stationery, they worshipped in a polite, easy-going sort of way, so as not to upset him. Arnold Brothers, established 1905, who they believe had created everything, i.e. the store and all the contents therein. In. Some families of gnomes have grown rich and powerful and took the names, more or less, of the store departments they lived under. The dell. Inca the ironmongery, the haberdashery. And into the store, on the back of a lorry, came the last gnomes to live outside. They knew what the wind and rain were, all right, that's why they tried to leave them behind. Among them was Masklin, Rat Hunter, and Granny Morky and Grimma, although they were women and it really counts, of course. There was the thing. No one quite understood the thing. Masculine's people had handed it down for centuries. It was very important. That was all they knew. When it came near electricity in a store, it was able to talk. It said, "It was thinking machine from a ship which thousands of years before had brought the gnomes from from a far store or possibly star." It had also said it could hear electricity talk, and one of those things the electricity was saying that the store was to be demolished in three weeks so' a quick little reading now it was the know, <coughs> this part of the Nome Trilogy came out in nineteen ninety and uh basically, you going to look for. The ISBN to 10 spaces is 0552573345 and the ISBN number to 13 places is 9780552573344 Diggers just carries on from where we left off Uh, they've just escaped the department store before it's about to be demolished and uh, they have to find a safe place to go and end up in a quarry. So they now, instead of being Arnold Brothers Department Store gnomes, they end up being quarry gnomes instead. And this is the sort of adventures uh, as people once again come into their world. Now, as Colin mentioned uh, at the be- at the beginning in his letter, um, in his email, Yes, uh, a fair chunk of the main characters disappear for basically all but most of the book uh, right at the beginning, come back at the end uh, otherwise we wouldn't have wings, as it is. And um, this is the the adventures of who are left behind. Uh, Now there are a... It's actually quite a good book in the sense that it's um it's parallel structures towards the how people are um you can look at the how the think way things are in the United States at the moment with the twenty sixteen uh presidential run ups uh in which each side are choosing their candidates and and the like and you get the one absolute uh, madman uh, coming up and who's going back to things. That no longer function, or at least trying to go back to things that no longer function um to times past and using it as rhetoric for the future um you know not trying not actually learning out of the mistakes that have gone and uh basically just blocking out what they don't want to know uh so it's quite actually it's quite da or quite um quite the right book to be read right now. With all the election stuff going on, read the book now, uh, you'll you'll find out what the section is um, quite easily. But things I uh, liked about it was it sent me back to uh, a time where I was uh, a kid where things like diggers and trucks were much simpler than they are now times before ABS and uh, electronic stabilisation programmes had kicked in, and that the handbrakes on some trucks, like the old Bedfords in the military, uh, I remember quite, uh, quite nastily, because this was ex- exactly the truth, and the handbrake wasn't, if uh, you understand, I'm a little bit technical here, uh, trucks nowadays and usually um the brakes are or the the brakes are run by air uh, air pressure so you 've got a vast amount of air pressure run about seven bar, and basically this applies to the brakes at with sufficient force now the most trucks today you when they take the ham when they actually apply the handbrake, what it actually does is it releases pressure uh, And basically it releases the pressure out of the system so that the brakes in each of the wheel stations basically force themselves on. Now, this took me back because uh, in the old days in the Bedfords that I used to drive in the military, which had no power steering whatsoever and were a right pain in the neck to get around corners, with tyres that are about, well, they come up to my chest just about, so just say about four-foot, about, in diameter. Uh, they had a handbrake that was very much manual. It was very much just the old uh, brake shoes being pulled by a lever uh, which was connected to a wiry brake line which sometimes did make for quite interesting uh, happenings when the brake line itself decided to break. And it was the last um, sort of last bastion of of, of break that the, was open to the person who was driving the vehicle uh, after maybe missing their gear and it's, uh, for some odd reason the the air system ran out. It happens, yes, it happens. But luckily, most of these people actually lived or lived after having a short stay in hospital but uh, it is where it took me back to and the fact that you talk about the old JCB's and that's which I also worked on in my uh, military time and uh, had our own military version which unlike the JCB's uh, had a four wheel drive instead of two wheel because the JCB's is only real wheel drive but there's a massive amount of torque in it and it was just the uh, it was just funny that the way that it was described of how the uh, JCB's control that's where it gets the name diggers for this uh, book um, There is quite a lot to like about the book. Um, The way that they're uh, trying to function without their actual leaders. Uh, The way that it's basically that a woman takes over. So, you you know, other parallels to how the the electional race is going in the United States at the moment. It's a a woman who's up for the presidential uh, to be the candidate. And... um, uh, there's also the, the the young ones are also learning as well a fair chunk from one of the older guys who's got really got into the the, the, the thing of mechanicals and electrics. <coughs> so can I recommend the book? Oh yes, um what I would recommend is that uh instead of buying the um single editions, uh unless uh we got Klein's there is the complete edition the Bromeliad uh, that's it B-R-O-M-E-L-I-A-D with truckers, diggers and wings as a complete edition it's what I've got and I can recommend that um, it has uh, I was going to say one awards but uh, what I'll say to you is that the ISBN for that one is to 10 places zero five five two five four six zero seven zero and the ISBN to 13 places is nine seven eight zero five five two five four six zero seven two and that edition I can uh, recommend um, in comparison to the originals uh, it does have new artwork i uh, not sure who did the artwork on these ones but they are rather nice to look at so um, points out of 10, good question What points would I give this, it is a middle book it's not that bad, it does run slight parallels to um, well yes Star Wars is a good sort of analogy to this this book series in some sort of ways, um, so that this is the sort of the desperate times between the, the two sort of yehays um, yeah, uh, hooks out of five. Yeah, at least a three and a half, turning towards four. So, next time round, we'll be, well, it's demons, angels, the end of the world, possibly. A dog called Dog. And these are just some of the tips I'll give you to what's next month's book is. It's something good, possibly omen-like. And some guy called Neil. Helping. Oh was it his idea? No it was his idea. It was Sir Terry helping this guy called Neil. To uh. Yeah you know what it is. I'll see you next month. Bye for now. Here comes death. Where you can get hold of this. If you want to contact us. Then. You can try through the Facebook group. The Pratchett Podcast. You can also get in contact over the email Podcast at gmail.com. Also on Twitter, the you, librarian. He keeps saying ook all the time. Who knows why? Oh, and once again, apologise for the baby werewolf